On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, we are talking with Annette Holm from CHCH Morning Live about all kinds of things. It's the brightest conversation in Hamilton Radio, and Annette brings the bright. Stick around and enjoy. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Time for what we like to call the brightest conversation in Hamilton Radio, and Someone that we love to have here as often as we can, although it's tough because her hours are, well, they're not human. <laughs> Quite frankly, her working hours make most of us just shudder when we hear what time she has to get up. So, you know, we're always thrilled when we can get her on here because she's, I don't know if it's consumed an entire pot of coffee or guzzled a gallon of Red Bull or what it is, but she's still awake. And that would be Annette Holm, co-host of... CHCH is morning live who's been up since I don't know before any roosters or hens were this morning Annette thanks for doing this tonight no problem Scott good to see you and I did have a nap this afternoon for this well hopefully not your see I had a nap yesterday and I made that horrible mistake of not having the power nap but letting it slide past the point of no return so when you wake up there's just fog And, and what point is that for you like I find if I sleep more than like an hour then I'm done 20 minutes yeah that's that's a very good one 20 minutes i i mean it's uh and once i get past that it honestly it takes hours to shake the cobwebs yeah your but, your head feels all sandy and grainy and ugh, yeah yeah so i just don't but sleep I, have, I find I that if i just down to an art <laughs> well you should considering you've told us many times but you wake up at some unearthly hour that no human should ever wake up at unless their house is on fire so um <laughs> Oh, oh, that's, that's, that's horrendous. It's not that bad. Once you're doing it for a few years. (laughs) I was just going to say that maybe after you've done it and your body has, you've gone through the physical rebellion period where your body has basically fought against you and you've just beaten it into submission, maybe, but those first few months must have been just atrocious. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think now it was because it wasn't always this early this has only been, it's only been this early, I, I want to say like in the past five years, maybe. So yeah, at first that was like the thought of, the thought of it for us even was like pretty ugly, but then now it's just like, oh, oh okay. Well, if nothing else, uh, see, we're both generally up around the same time because that's roughly when I'm going to sleep because I finish work and then I do some more work and that's, so you, you and I are crossing, <laughs> it's just in a different world, a different orbit that's happening. See, I do have I'm to take so up in a, awe of you that you can stay up like that. <laughs> My body in any any night, whether it's a weekend or whatever, around ten o'clock, I just I don't even have to look at the clock. I'm just Thump. like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> now I do. Before we get into a lot of very important stuff, I do have a serious bone to pick with you, and I, I realize this is oh. probably not entirely your responsibility, but as the de facto representative of CHCH, I must say that the 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 network, the TV station. As of Wednesday, allowing there not to be Brady Bunch at 5.30 anymore leading into the news is simply inexcusable. It's now the odd oh. couple, and that's nowhere close to as good as the Brady Bunch. And it's just, it's not allowed. No, 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 no. Odd couple, I find, is so much better than the Brady Bunch near the end. <laughs> like, the, I'm a huge fan of the Brady Bunch. But when it got into the Cousin Oliver episodes, I knew even <laughs> as a kid that, okay, it's time to end this show. <laughs> All they missed was Marsha getting married. That was that was the next thing that if they had still been going, they would have started getting into the wedding episodes, which I think yes, they come in some specials yes. and movies later. 
the See, Brady and, and Brides, I right? I love The Odd Couple. I used to watch it with my dad, and, and it's just, yeah, and I've been watching it the last couple of nights, and I'm like, oh, it still holds up. It is amazing to me, you know, that CHCH, and, and look, kudos to whoever it was in the programming department who said, you know what, let's bring back these old, 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 and I mean, when I say old, mm. I mean, we're talking 60s, 70s now, whoever had the thought that this could work really nailed it because it is it's amazing i think how many people are like that you know it's 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 comfort food to see those back on there they may not be up to date but they still somehow make us feel pretty good to watch those and in in some cases too it's it's like oh how times have changed because when i you know i i loved like i said i love the brady bunch but we had some um disclaimers at the beginning of the brady bunch and we we have them on a few of the other shows that, you know, Gilligan's Island. A different time, you know, kind of thing. And, and some of the things are, are discriminatory and they're, they're not going to remove them from the show, but it's, it's meant as a, as a discussion. And, and some of the things that happen, like the, the way that Carol Brady would always have to defer to Mike for a decision or something like that, or that, you know, boys were so much better at things than girls were. And I'm like, oh, how did I not rebel against that as a child? <laughs> Yeah, you know, we got to take a break, but I, I, you know, the, the, I get why they have those disclaimers. But as you say, I mean, everybody knows these are older things, and you know, I don't, I don't know that we need to warn people. I mean, are, are, it, saying that you know, Marsha had a competition to say she was a better driver than Greg Gassi, Do we need to not trigger people? Let watch the show, take it for what it is. It's a stupid old sitcom that we still kind of enjoy. I, whatever. <laughs> You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Now let's get into something a little more serious than the odd couple, although, boy, um, Doug Ford and Justin Trudeau would certainly qualify as that description. But today we heard both of them talking about rules about airports and rules about flights and rules about everything else. The, the, the provincial government has said that if you come to an airport and you refuse a COVID test, it's going to be a $750 fine. The federal government says, well, you've got to take a COVID test. I don't know what happens if someone refuse, if you can, you just refuse then. And anyway, but the point here, Annette is the, the, the federal government has now said you, if you go out of the country, you've got to pay to stay in a hotel. When you come back for three days for your own self quarantine, you must have a test done on and on and on, more and more and more rules, and flights are basically being canceled. Good idea or bad idea? I, I think it's a good idea, especially ahead of March break. It, it was interesting because I, I was still at work when the uh, when the Prime Minister's news conference was on, and I was just, I, I stayed a little bit longer to, to listen to what he had to say, and, uh, and it was when he announced it, we had several monitors on in the newsroom, and everybody just went, whoa, because we weren't we weren't expecting that, right? That all the uh, the airlines would work together with the federal government to stop flying to uh, uh, it's the Caribbean and Mexico until the end of April. And I think a lot of people will agree with you for sure and say, "Yeah, great idea." Um, you know, if we're gonna if if we're this far in, all right. So even if even if there are people listening who don't buy the COVID thing or don't think that it's what it is or don't think that traveling, if we're this far in. You know, you may as well just go all the way and try and stop the thing. But my question is, even if we think it's a good idea, and I generally do, why are we doing it now? Why did we not do this back in March or April Mm -hmm. when people were saying, shut the airports, shut down the planes, let's close the borders. And everyone said, no, we can't. Why did we not do it then? Why are we waiting until now? 
Yeah, I think it's the UK variant that has everyone frightened now. And and I just heard I was watching uh, tonight. There's there's now a case in Haldeman County, so it's getting close. Yeah, but you know what? And, and I mean, if we were to use a term that I don't think has ever been used, the the Chinese variant was pretty concerning back in March and April when it showed up when mm-hmm. it started up in the first place. Um, you know, there were people screaming to, at, back then saying, close the airports, stop people from coming into the country from outside who may be bringing this here. And the government just adamantly refused and kept putting it off and saying, we're not going to do it. And so to me, I don't disagree with the decision today. It just seems like it's just so long after the horse is already out of the barn. Yeah, because so many people last year like went on March break and then and then some of them were, were remember the all the flights, the repatriation flights to get people back home and yeah, you kind of wonder at that point. And I get that things change and I get we learn more things, but generally what we find with most diseases or most virus or things is that we tend to be I mean, go back into other examples and we tend to be way more strict at the beginning until we learn, because we don't know yet, until we learn mm-hmm. what is and isn't going to work. Here we're doing the opposite. We're being way more lenient and then becoming more and more strict. It's the exact opposite of what we've traditionally done. Well, I think it's because as we learn more, then we're learning more about how easy it is to, you know, community contact and contact tracing and just how easy it is to spread this thing. Yeah. I mean, I thought today or yesterday or sometime in the past few days, something came to mind that was, we have mocked many of us, all of us at some time, we will watch an old TV show about the early days of say the AIDS virus. And we'll look and we'll mock the people who were saying, oh, I was terrified to touch someone who had AIDS or whatever else. And, you know, know better now, right? We know better now, of course. And so we look and we say, how ridiculous were you that you were afraid to do that? In 20 years, they're going to be doing the exact same thing with us with this because we didn't know what we're doing. We still clearly don't know what we're doing. And, you know, I, I, first of all, I look back and I go, maybe we should be a little more, go a little easier on those people back in the 80s with the AIDS thing who, because we didn't know it, maybe we should be a little more understanding or something. And, you know, thankfully we've learned, but maybe we shouldn't mock them as much because we didn't know. But I, I, Mm. you know, I just look at this and I think, but in that case, That was a virus that we were terrified to do anything. So we stopped everything, which was too much. Here we're going the other direction. We let everything go and now we're slowly shutting it down. But again, I think the horse is out of the barn. Mm -hmm. I agree with you there. I, I, I just don't, I just, I just don't know why we wouldn't have done the airport thing long before now. You're listening to the Scott Radley show podcast on 900 CHML. Annette, we were just talking about the airports and the new rules and all that kind of thing. You're a traveler. You you and your husband love to travel, go down south, not mm-hmm. doing it so much these days. But when we hear that the government says, well, you know, Canada's airlines are stopping all their flights down south and they're okay with this. Well, first of all, I don't really believe they're okay with this, but what's going to oh, be I left of our airline industry? Where down the road, there's going to be a bailout from the federal government. That's what well, that's probably a great if, point. If all four airlines agreed, as, as the Prime Minister said this morning, said that they agreed to do that. I'm like, oh, well, there's some kind of incentive for them to do this then. 
That's a very good point because I was wondering what is going to be left of our airline industry if they go through now another busy season and they can't do anything. I mean, it was already mm-hmm. bad, but I mean, this has well, been, he, this he has been crushing. In, in subsequent questions this morning, um, he talked about, you know, the airlines will be there for Canadians when we're able to travel again. So that tells me, again, that there's some kind of a federal aid package coming for them. We, though, don't, I assume we're not going to be supporting, and who knows what the American government will do, all the international and other airlines that we rely on, though. So, you know, Air Canada, yes, it may, and WestJet and Air Transat, and I don't even know what the fourth one is. Um, but, I mean, it's this, this industry is just getting devastated right now. And, and I, mm-hmm. I do wonder, we talked yesterday about traveling. I wonder what traveling is going to look like when this whole thing is done and how expensive it might be because there's just so much ground to make up. Or how inexpensive it's going to be at the very beginning because they want to, they want to give incentives to people to travel again. I can imagine there's going to be lots of, you know, advertisements, and you're seeing it already, lots of advertisements that, you know, we're a, a clean hotel or a safe resort or, uh, you know, we have testing. And look at uh, all the airports or 12 airports in Mexico now have, uh, have labs in them so that you can get tested before you go home. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's possible. It's possible that there are these massive sell-offs and everybody wants to to bring you down there. I just, I, I wonder how long that can last. And I really wonder, even if they throw open the doors to airplanes now, how many people feel comfortable getting back on an mm-hmm. airplane and flying, sitting next to somebody? Yeah. Because you think like almost every time you go, like for me, almost every time I'm on a flight, I get a cold or something. And, and yeah. so it's kind of like, whoa, well, what's going to happen with this? But maybe that's too, because we're not, I, I don't think we were as vigilant before about washing hands and touching things and, and, you know, who's in your space and all that. Like, have you had a cold since any of this started or any uh, sickness? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I can't anything. think so. I, I haven't had I a do. cold in a year, which like knock wood, but it, I think it's because of all the hand washing and, you know, not touching your face and maybe that. and because people, people would be terrified to leave the house, not because they're necessarily scared. I don't know even that people who have a cold or have the sniffles are scared to leave the home because they're afraid of spreading it. I think they're afraid of the social ramifications of showing up. Somebody sneezes at work and we all go, Oh, <laughs> get out of here. But yeah. I, I, we flew home. My wife and I flew home from a trip. I don't know, a couple of years ago, and she drew the shortest of short straws and the guy sitting next to her, she was in the middle seat, which was already the short straw. And the guy in the window seat was just a mucus factory. He was sniffling and snorting and blowing his nose and sneezing. And could you imagine now if you get on a plane and there's that? Well, I mean, that was bad. Gentlemen have been able to get on the plane. But even after, I mean, and, and yeah. you're right today, well, there's no flights, but to, today yeah. you wouldn't, but when we start again, and even if you've got vaccines or whatever, I wonder if people are, again, that she was sort of uncomfortable, but if it's in, after COVID, are you more than uncomfortable? Are you requesting to move your seat or have that person taken off the flight? It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I'd ask to move. <laughs> but Where? I mean, and again, it's assuming that there's, I, I'm, I, I worry for the airlines. I really do. Cause I think that that, you know, flying in a giant Petri dish in the sky 
is something that's going to freak people out for a long time now. Mm-hmm. And imagine being an airline worker. And you're touching it, everybody's well, stuff, right? Yeah. The, 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 remember back in the old days when the Pan Am stewardesses were wearing little outfits and they were supposed to be like the sexiest women in the sky. Now they're going to be wearing hazmat suits. <laughs> you're going to have these and bubbles. people <laughs> who look like Walter White in, in Breaking Bad in the lab. <laughs> Walking up and down remember. the aisle, I think coffee. One of the with... first flights I ever took, you could still smoke on a plane, and mm. uh, and and so I'd ask for a non-smoking seat, and of course there is no non-smoking seat on a plane where they're smoking. Right? It's, no. it's, I think back <laughs> to how right. ridiculous that was, and you think, oh, okay, yeah, the the air really does travel around. But now again, they're going to be in these like yellow meth lab suits, picking up your coffee with you know like their ha- with those tongs, like they're handling enriched uranium. Uh, you know, sir, may I take your cup uh, and put it into some ziplocked bag that gets thrown into some instant incinerator in the sky? I mean, it's 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 nuts what what we're imagining. But you're right. I mean, imagine you're right. Imagine being a worker on those flights and having to walk by someone who's sniffling or who is. I mean, left tissues or heaven mm-hmm. forbid of an air sickness bag or any of those things where there's body stuff that, and yeah. it's look, and you think about behind who, all the time, leave the plane, right? Who is like tidying up stuff and picking up stuff after, after people have left their seats, they're doing that too. Yeah. I, I don't know what it's going to look like. I really don't. I, 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 I hope, because I mean, I love to travel and I hope that we can get back to having flights that are reasonably priced and that we can you know, have service to all these places regularly, but I don't know, Annette. I'm, I'm very worried that people, I, I think I'll be okay. I really do. I mean, not worrying so much, but I think a lot of people are going to be heavily freaked out about it, which will really impact the business. Mm-hmm. And you think about really long haul flights too, right? Whether that will, that will change where you're like on a plane for nine, 10 hours. Yeah, you're going to have to have a full battery of tests before you can step on board and li- and be yeah. in a 14 day quarantine in the air in the airport. They're going to have special booths now where you live for 14 <laughs> days before you can fly. Oh, the 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 lovely future that we we live in here in COVID times. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Joined by Annette Hom this Friday evening from CHCH's Morning Live, working an entirely different part of the time clock here. But she's doing well. She is. She's. She's awake. She's alert. Awake. She's on top of her game. <laughs> well, I'm always amazed when you wake up at two thirty in the morning. The fact that you can put together a coherent sentence at this time of day is amazing to me because I couldn't do it if I was waking up at two thirty. Oh, it's so funny. Well, Everybody I, thinks, oh, you know, you must go to bed at four o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, no, <laughs> I, I do, I do, I am up at this hour normally. Well, that's good. I, I don't feel so badly about having you on then. I mean, I'm, I love having you on, just keeping you up. We should have I pre-taped at four show. in the morning. Uh, I saw a tweet today that quite honestly made me grind my teeth. And it was a photo of someone getting their COVID vaccine and um, behind a smiling mask on which was written the juice. There is OJ Simpson getting his COVID vaccine already, somehow getting near the front of the line to get his vaccine. And Annette, here in Canada, we've got Moderna falling behind. We've got Pfizer falling behind. Very, I don't know anybody yet who's been able to get a vaccine. Do you, what's your level of confidence that this is going to 
happen in any sort of timely way. We're told, you know, September was the goal for everyone in Canada to be done. What's what's your your belief? I, I, I think it will happen. I like I know that there are delays right now with both um, uh, Moderna's going into a delay soon and and with the Pfizer one, but that's so that they can ramp up production at the plants. So they have to retool the plants to expand them. And and as a result of that, you know, they will have more coming out. So there's a blip now, but yeah, I, I am confident that it's going to happen. Now, going back to OJ, is he, he's over 65, right? He would, yeah, he would have to. He's over 65. Yeah, he's over 65, but you know. California? I believe he's in Florida now. Oh, I think he's, I think he's moved to Florida. California, like anybody, anybody 65 and over was getting there. So maybe that's why he got his. I don't know. Somehow there are just, you know, somewhere know. in the list. It, it's like, it's like that little, that, that when this person gets it, you realize something's not working when we up here are not getting it, but OJ Simpson has got his. Yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> thankfully the woman giving him the needle, guess what? The gloves fit. Um, just wanted to point that out. She was wearing them. And no, it, it is, it is just like, it, it is a pin almost in your gut when you see that OJ Simpson and not just him, but I mean, it's a, it's just the point are getting these needles and we are just struggling. Canada is now 20th apparently among countries with percentage of people getting vaccines. And it just, we, we, we should be way better than 20th. We really should. Especially with all the deals that we made, right? Because um, the prime minister was talking about that too this morning, how they'd made more deals with more companies in the hopes that all of the vaccines would happen than, than any other country. It just hasn't happened yet. It makes me, it does make me wonder if we're doing something wrong, because I, I understand, I mean, your point was well taken and it's bang on at the start of this session, this segment that you say, well, they're retooling the factories and everything, but it seems every one of the vaccine manufacturers when they don't have enough supply are saying, okay, Canada, you wait, but other places are still getting their vaccines. They're still producing them. And so why is it that Canada is the country that gets chosen to wait it out while other countries get their stock while the plant is retooled, as opposed to saying, are, Hey, Belgium, are we you the wait. only ones though that are waiting? Not the I only ones. So. No, no, not the only one by any stretch, but some are still getting theirs. And why is Canada not in that list? What with any of the companies? Why is Canada not in the list of the ones who remain near the front of the line? That mm -hmm. again, if we were early on and we were one of the first ones to invest and support these companies and show confidence that they were going to do this, surely the favor should be returned unless we screwed something up somehow. It'll be interesting to see there's a company out of Calgary um, that's going that they have started clinical trials in Toronto. Uh, I think they started this week or last week, so it would be interesting to see how quickly a Canada-made one could ramp up if it gets approved. Something else that I find really interesting about this is it was only a few weeks ago that many Canadians, many, I mean a huge percentage of Canadians were saying, yeah, I don't want it. I don't, I'm not sure I want this vaccine. And now suddenly it's turned and everybody seems to want it. And now that everybody wants it, we can't get it. It's always what we want. We can't, it's always what we can't get what we want. Yeah, or you can't always yeah. get what you want or whatever you that You can't always is. get what you want. That's a song, I think. Yeah. I think maybe if it isn't, it should be. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> <laughs> it should be a song. Someone should write a song saying you can't always get what you want. 
<laughs> but if you try sometimes, no, I won't go. Sometimes yeah, you get what you need. Sometimes and sometimes not. It is uh, it is a little frustrating though, and, and I was I was just reading on Facebook some people having conversations about things that they're hoping to do this summer, and all of them are saying, "Yeah, but will we be able to?" I, I don't mm-hmm. know. It, there is a huge amount of frustration right now, though, with this for sure. That this everything is just dragging. Everything just seems to be dragging, and I and we pointed out yesterday the only thing that you can't do is Groundhog Day. Well, one of the things, we're in Groundhog Day, and you can't do Groundhog Day. They've canceled Groundhog Day, which just seems highly ironic. But <laughs> just be virtual. <laughs> virtual Groundhog Day. Wyerton Willie by Digital digital Wyerton. I don't know. It doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, all I could think of, <laughs> wireless Willie. <really. laughs> all what? I could think of was, like, what are tuxedo rentals going to be like in Wyerton? They're going to go way down, because it's all those people get dressed up in their tuxedos, right, for the big presentation. <laughs> And the top hats. There's going to be a, like lots of top hats available in Wyarton if you want to buy one this year on sale. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. I don't know if you saw this report. It was on CHCH. It was by uh, Kelly Botello. And it's a story that was done about a house on Kent Street, which yes. is just off Aberdeen. That is up for sale for $500,000, which is not that outrageous in the city of Hamilton. A home in a nice area for $500,000 is actually a bit of a steal. Until, Until you look you at this house. <laughs> this house, and t- tell me if I'm overstating this. This house looks like um, where people were murdered. It looks like a horror movie scene. It, it is an abandoned house. It's apparently been abandoned for 20 years. There's water damage. Doors are falling in. It is disgusting. This, If you were filming a horror movie, this is where you would film someone being chained to the floor, having to cut their way out by lopping off their own leg or something. I mean, this is just a horrendous place. And it's for $500,000. And they think it's going to go for more than that. And, and it's largely because of the, hey, location, location, location. <laughs> Because it's in the Queen yeah. Aberdeen area. But looking at this place, uh, I mean, I'm assuming that the house is salvageable, at least the outside, the frame, the body of it, the skeleton, but the entire inside is going to have to be redone. And that's got to cost you a few hundred thousand dollars. So you're paying, you're right, 500000 for the, 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 the location and a, a skeleton. Mm-hmm. Again, but uh, the it's realtor stunning. was saying that uh, there are houses in the neighborhood that are like eight, nine hundred thousand dollars. So put four hundred thousand into it, and it's it's a comparable house because it's funny from the outside, it doesn't look at first glance, it doesn't look that bad. But the inside, whoa, it looks like it. It really does look like a set from a horror show. It does. And, and, and if she's right, and, I, and you're correct about what the real estate agent said, that she believes it's going to go for more, that 500000 they've had, I think she said they're going to, by the time this thing goes up, for, they're taking offers on f- February 1st or 2nd, and they will have had over 100 viewings of this house. Yeah. I don't even know why you would have a viewing. All right. Just, it, it's a house and it's in the location. You don't need to see it. It stinks. It's awful. Um, but She's saying it's, you're right. It's going to go for more than 500. So if you, even if you buy it for six and put in 400, now you're at a million dollar home in Hamilton, Annette. And that's kind of where I was going with this. I am in a permanent state of shock now that in Hamilton, a $1 million home is not outrageous and not all that uncommon anymore. 
I know, because do you remember? It was just, it seemed like just a few years ago, you'd find out, you know, somebody, wow, that's a, a million one or a million two. And you think, wow, who could, can you imagine what the mortgage must be, right? You think, wow, that's unbelievable. And now it's, it's kind of like, oh, oh yeah, okay. I have no idea how people who are buying a first home and oh, yeah. it's even say six or 700,000, which is, I mean, I don't know. Are people who are buying first homes buying six or $700,000 homes? I assume some of them must be because that's what, I mean, the average house price is now 600,000, yeah. give or take in this city. I don't know but how. What was the price of the first house that you bought? First house we bought was a little over a hundred thousand dollars. And that was, yeah. and, and for the record, I'm not 118 years old. I mean, it's not that long ago. I know, I know. <laughs> it's, and how about you? 180. Yeah. And at the time that I was signing that mortgage paper, oh, it was or those mortgage, my hand was shaking and sweating. I could almost not hold the pen. I was sweating so hard thinking I'm signing my life away. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Annette, I remember the bank person, when we went in to get pre-approved, told us that, I can't remember the exact number, but we were pre-approved for something like four or $500,000. And I looked at that banker like she was on crack. Who, I'm going to put, I'm going to buy a house for $400,000. Are you insane? Now I couldn't get in the market for that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. I I mean. Well, what we were getting paid then, cost of living was, sure. and I, I know house house prices comparatively have gone up like much, much, much faster than that. But, but yeah, it's it's a it's a different world out there. It is a different world. I don't know how people who buy those first homes or even their second home and have these gigantic mortgages of four hundred thousand dollar mortgage, and I mean, how do you do anything other than pay your mortgage? How do you mm-hmm. have any other? I mean, maybe you've got a fantastic job, but. It would seem that with most of this, it would be all your money would be going into your mortgage or taxes or maintenance. Yeah. And your house poor. And your house poor and heaven forbid that the market, you know, that the interest rates go up or you lose your job or I don't know. Well, I, well, it is, I've said too, like, what was your interest rate when you, uh, when you bought your mm, first house? Cause our interest that, rates were really high. I remember it, getting in at 12 and thinking, Oh, Yeah, I don't think ours was that high. I don't think ours was that much, but it was certainly higher than it is now. Yeah. But I've said this many times on the show. If you own a home in this city, uh, you're you're lucky. You're very happy right now with the way the market is going. If you don't, this is really cold, but I think there's an awful lot of people truly who are saying, okay, there's a lot, the city is getting older and we don't want to have everyone die, but at some point, natural cycle means we're going to have older people pass away and their kids are probably going to have to sell their homes. And maybe then we can, if there's a glut of homes that suddenly go up on the market, maybe then we can get in. But other than that, how do you do it? I don't know. Well, you move, maybe all of us, you move to Brantford, you move to Port Dover, Caledonia, Hagersville, get a job as co-host of CHCH Morning Live with that salary. Maybe that'll oh, do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've got 10, 10 houses, you know. <laughs> Not. Ham Estates. Yes. Ham, Ham Estates. Estates. 
Hom, pardon me, yes, Hom, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Sounds much more elegant. Yes. Let us take a break while Annette Hom uh, goes and checks on her estates and makes sure all is well with the with the herd the of ground. cattle and yes, with the grounds. Check on the uh, on the servants. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Let me ask you this. Now, you're you're a TV expert. Now, I, I know that, you know, in, w- there's a lot of different branches of TV, but nonetheless, you're a TV expert. You're on there every day. The guy who is behind Big Brother and The Voice, you helped to create those, and he is also behind uh, Deal or No Deal and Fear Factor. He was involved in those. He has come up with his new show because everyone in TV right now in the movies is just dying for content because you can't go out very easily and film a lot of stuff. So they're trying to find stuff. And he has stumbled on something that apparently the, the first version of this is being shown in the Netherlands. And it is a massive hit right now in the Netherlands. And I want to know if you would sit down as appointment viewing in front of your television set after a long day to tune in to watch celebrity marble racing. <laughs> wow. How's it going over in the Netherlands? Do you know? Huge, huge, absolutely really? enormous. It's a massive hit right now. It, it, they got a 22.8% market share for the debut. So do the celebrities build the racetrack too? See, I wish I could fully answer your question. I'm not sure they use different tracks. Maybe they do, although that would take a long time. That would be a long show if you had to, I don't know if you ever in high school for science class, whatever, had to build like a toothpick bridge or something. It would take a long time, but maybe they do, but they just, they have their own color marbles and they race their marbles. (laughs) What if somebody lost their marbles? (laughs) Oh, I'm sure if you have. (laughs) I'm quite positive that if you have, even before they got to the show, <laughs> yes, it is, it is, it is so basic and so simple. And yet in some way, I kind of understand how this could work. Yeah. It'll bring back the marble. So invest in marbles now. Marbles will be huge then if, if this becomes a big thing. It just does seem, doesn't it, that that sometimes we try too hard to complicate issues and you take mm-hmm. it down to the absolute most basic level and people say, huh, I'll watch that. I've never actually raced marbles before. Have you? Not that I know of. Um, but, but, I mean, think of some of the shows in recent decades even that were surprise like real surprise hits that were enormous. And who wants to be a millionaire? I mean, how many years? 15 years ago when Regis came on and that thing just yeah. exploded. And it was essentially trivia per- trivial pursuit on television. Mm-hmm. And it was enormous. It was simple, but it was enormous. Survivor. I mean, a little more complicated, but essentially a bunch of people living together and voting each other. It was Lord of the Flies. Just read Lord of the Flies and you kind of have yes. the... Yes. The beginning or of you, Survivor. Or you think of something like The Great Bake Off. Like yeah. I've never actually watched the show, but it's like people are baking and people are watching people who are baking. Of all the things that have shocked me most about television in recent years, perhaps the overwhelming success of HGTV and the Food Network 
are right up there. Now, I'm not mocking those things. I, I enjoy shows, weirdly, on both of those networks. But it's so... Some of the shows that are produced that we then are willing to watch. Um, House Hunters. We are literally watching people go and look at real estate and decide what house they're going to buy. There could not be anything oh, I stupid. I love, I love, that's the first, um, you know, I, I, I'm into, I want to know what houses look like inside. So, like, I don't watch that show regularly, but, you know, I'll, I'm regularly on, on real estate listings going yes. through, like, pictures of houses and stuff. I, I'm just fascinated at, at how, how houses look inside and how people live. I agree wholeheartedly. And it's the most simple, basic, ridiculous concept. I mean, it truly is a ridiculous concept. And yet I'm with you. If that show is on, it's like watch, it's like flipping channels. I will stop if I see the movie, The Shawshank Redemption. Doesn't matter at what point the movie is on. I'll, sh- I'll stop at Happy Gilmore at any point, And I'll stop at House Hunters if I come across it. Or House Especially Hunters International. In Europe, and they're like in a castle or something. House Hunters International with the European one has mm-hmm. truly made me appreciate living where we do because so many Europe is, I have never spent really any time in Europe and so many of the properties you're like, that's gross. Uh, it's just not what we're used to here. And the apartments, the condos, it doesn't look like what we're used to. And I'm, I'm not into it at all, but no. I, yeah. And why is there a washing machine in, in the, in the middle of the kitchen? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and other things, why, why do they not have a stove? In, in a lot of these, they just have a microwave and I don't know, why do they not have a fridge in some of the, anyway? It, well, but well it's the a most, lot of times, right? Because uh, it's that European way of shopping where you yes. go to the market every day. I agree, but, but it's just so different. Like we have. It's so different from us, but yeah. it's the most basic thing. And it got me thinking, okay, so marble racing in the Netherlands, it's a huge hit right now. House hunters. So, so I'm breaking it down to what's the most basic things that, you know, that we could produce as a show. And it's like, well, if people, if you're right and you are, that people are interested in going in and seeing what's inside homes, let's take it down. Let's, let's dissect it even further. Let's, let's break it down for, what if we had a show on fridge exploration? We just go to people's houses and open the refrigerators. Open up it. Uh, Do you remember before the election, um, they had, I think it was, it was either the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. They had um, something online where they had, like, I don't know, it was 20 fridges. And you had to guess whether it was a Democratic fridge or a Republican fridge. <laughs> it was fascinating. I, I, I bet you people would watch. Yeah, I really do. I, I would, because I'm, I'm always like, even when I go over to people's houses and, and you know, like I'll fix myself a coffee or something you and, check and their you go fridge. into the fridge, I'm always like, oh, what do you, what do you have this for? <laughs> do you check their medicine cabinet as well? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> for the record. For the, <laughs> but I'll go around I, in the fridge a bit. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I didn't come on the show today planning to help produce a segment on CHCH Morning Live, but Hamilton oh, Celebrity Fridges. There you go. <laughs> Send Tim Bolin to check out celebrity fridges in the greater Hamilton yeah. area and see what's inside. <laughs> He'd be up for that. Oh, I have no doubt. On the condition he could eat something in every one. No, that is uh, in his rider, you know. <laughs> he gets to choose any food from I'm, anyone's I'm fridge. I'm amazed that guy doesn't weigh 500 pounds. Well, his hair does. <laughs> he does have the big curls. <laughs> 
Speaking of CHCH Morning Live, let's segue into this because you guys do have, and so I'm helping you because this is a big anniversary, a big birthday coming up for you guys. So maybe this is, you know, you can thank me later when I when I really, you know, in, give you another few years going here, although it's not showing any signs of slowing down. But you have a big birthday coming up, the show, not you. Yes, yes. So the show turns 20 years old on the 13th of February, which is a Saturday. We're not coming in on the Saturday, but we're doing something special on the Friday. That is, it is pretty remarkable because there's an awful lot yeah. of breakfast shows and morning shows that have come and gone in that time. A lot of them have mm -hmm. come and gone. Yeah, we've been very lucky. Why? I don't... Why? What do you think? I think it's, I think it's our team. We're, we have fun together in the morning, and, and guests who've come on the show will comment on, you know, if they've been on other shows, or, or it's like, oh, you know, you're a big happy family kind of thing, it's friendly, um, and, and we have awesome viewers. Have you ever, and you've been there for how long? You weren't there on day one. When did you no, land on so Morning Live? No, so I didn't Live? come on the show until, so it started in 2001, I came on in 2004. All right. Oh, okay. So, oh, I mean, pretty close. You've been there 16, mm -hmm. 17 years now. Yeah. What, uh, you probably don't want to tell this story, but what's the biggest gaffe that you've ever experienced on that show? Oh, well, there's been so many. <laughs> <laughs> oh, biggest gaffe. Is there one thing that's legendary on the show among the people for something that happened that was just a debacle? Oh, man. You know what? Because we've been uh, in, ahead of the anniversary show, we've been looking at like highlights and what were our favorite things and what were the, you know, those well, I'm gonna get to that. fun things that we did, but we haven't been looking for the very worst things. <laughs> I was going to get to the other, but I... Probably listeners going, oh, I could name a few, but <laughs> I can't think of one off the top of my head. No, no, um, it wasn't on your show that any uh, accidental buttons were pushed and inappropriate things arrived on the air. That wasn't on Morning Live. Oh, that was not, no, 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 no. That was uh, after Morning Live was off the air because I remember it was, uh, I remember watching it from our office when that happened. Yeah, that was... That incident, yeah. <laughs> Which still... We, we don't talk you know, about that. <laughs> well, I'm sure, I'm sure. Considering, you know, considering you're on the air 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, something is going to happen at some point. And that, that one was a doozy, that, of course. Uh, but... Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, uh, you know, like, okay, so let's go to the other side then. When, when you've been going through your favorite things that you've seen, and, and for people, by the way, who don't know what we're talking about, it's probably best you don't. Let's just say body parts in inappropriate positions doing unfortunate things accidentally appeared for a few yes, seconds there once was, upon there a was, time. Yes, uh, there was porn that uh, they got leaked on our air. Yes. Okay. I mean, I was, I was trying yeah. to be subtle and dance around it, but you'll... All right. Uh, so what's your, what was your favorite thing? I mean, if you've been going through this, what are the one or two things that were your absolute favorite moments? Uh, for me personally, like it was the traveling that I got to do on the show. Um, I, I did one of the, it, it was one of the first satellite, you know, I'm a Disney fan. I was on uh, a Disney ship and a Calgary company was trying out satellite um, transmissions from ships. And, and our Disney rep knew that, you know, I was a big Disney fan and, and hey, let's, let's get a Canadian station in there. So we did one of the first satellite interviews from sea. And who did you interview from a Disney ship? 
Uh, no, like I was, so I was on the ship transmitting uh, the stuff back live while we were out on the water. Were you able, so while you're out there though, are you able to actually enjoy yourself or are you just working the whole time on, you're the only, you're the lone person on a Disney ship not enjoying yourself? You're <laughs> no, so no, hard. there was, there was lots of, like we had to get up early uh, because of the show um, and, and had to shoot a lot during the day. But on that trip we did, I, I took a friend of mine along and we did have lots of fun. It is, um... I mean, it is, as I say, it is pretty amazing that you've lasted 17 years or 18 years, 20 years, pardon me, 20, I guess you've been there 17, yeah, the but 20 yeah, years show's 20. for the show, because again, there's been an awful lot of shows and morning shows that have tried to do the same thing. And, you know, I don't know if there's a formula to it, but some of those shows, it seems that they just became so ridiculous that people just gave up on them. I mean, your show is not ridiculous by any stretch. It's news and it's other things. You have some, you know, lighthearted stuff, but we yeah, it's it, absolutely. But it just, it, it is amazing to me that it's, um, that, that it's able, because very few, very few shows can last for 20 years, regardless of what they are. So Please. pretty impressive. And that Bob Cowan still re- looks remotely like he did when he started is another thing. Desi, we we saw we had the uh, the photo on earlier this week of of the original like it, it was taken the night before because it was a big launch party um, at the time because at the time we had just been acquired by Global who owns you now and uh, there was a big launch party the the night before and and so all the original uh, members of the show were there and I'm like wow you really look so young he didn't have gray hair then. Look what twenty years on morning television does to you. I just, I'm just thinking, who was the masochist, the sadist, I guess it would be, at the station who said we're going to have a launch party the night before when people have to get up at two thirty in the morning to work. That just seems (laughs) well, they they didn't have to get up at two thirty then. I, I think it would have been like four or something like that. And he could, isn't he coming on the show next week? He, uh, uh, let me look at my. Yes, next week, Bob Cowan yeah. will be here on Friday evening. You can yes. ask him because they, they were at the party and then realized, oh man, like we've got to get up soon. <laughs> we'll just ride it through. We won't even go to sleep. We're just going to, bags under the eyes. Sometimes I mean, I'm sure there was no that, alcohol. But... <laughs> yep. I'm sure it was all just lemonade and iced tea and nothing else. And so it was completely fine. Oh, of who, course. Who, course. who were the original? Who was the original crew? Back, not the crew, but the on-air group back then. It was Bob. So Kathy Wagner was Bob's co-host. Um, our reporter was Dean Stoltz, who's now out in uh, in BC. Um, Lori DeAngelis was doing the remote stuff that Tim Tim does now. Um, Leslie Stewart did traffic. Nicola Jones did weather. Um, we didn't we didn't have a sports person per se. Which really uh, was the great weakness of the show, I think. Oh, you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, now we got Tim. Oh, and 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 Luke Gudgeon uh, was the original camera guy, and he is the guy who goes out with Tim all the time and goes out with our reporters in the morning. It is uh, is that anniversary is coming up, and so people who are watching who are regular viewers, and I know you have many of them because you wouldn't still be on the air if you didn't. Uh, keep an eye and keep an ear for the that'll be February the twelfth right? That, mm-hmm. that, that special will be on, on the Friday. So, uh, keep an eye for that one, but yeah, no, good for you guys for doing it because it's, um, it, it is rare to last for 20 years doing anything. I don't even know how long the Ed Sullivan show lasted. Not that you're exactly the same, but maybe not even 20 years. No, it is something to celebrate. Uh, you lasted longer than tiny talent time. 
So there's that. Oh, is that? I don't know how to, how long was Tiny Talent Time on? Well, I don't know. I don't it's even gotta know. Be I lo- know this. You've got to have lasted longer than Tiny Talent. To, to, oh. I can't even speak now. That's a lot of T's in there. Yeah. Let me see. Tiny Talent Time, 1965. I'm looking it up here. Run from 1960. Well, no, this one only. Well, I don't know. Maybe you didn't last as long as them. Oh, well, you've lasted a long time. <laughs> you, you are lasting. Yes. Haven't from, yet. <laughs> you are lasting. You still have a few years to go to catch Tiny Talent Time, but you lasted longer than Hilarious House of Frightenstein. So there you go. There's, uh, there's how we'll oh, balance which it all is off. still such a cult favorite. It really, really is. And someday, someday, they will talk about Bob Cowan the same way they talked about Vincent Price. <laughs> Annette Holm, listen, we love having you on here. We are going to let you go and um, begin your weekend and, and, and whatever you do to uh, Oh, my to weekend down. started at noon today. Well, I know. I was... <laughs> Love having you on. Thanks for doing this. Always love having you. Thanks for doing this again tonight and uh, have a good weekend and get some sleep. Thank you. <laughs> Talk to you later. That, that is Annette Holm from CHCH's Morning Live. As she says, 20 year anniversary coming up. It's, uh, it is, it is pretty amazing that, uh, that any show these days can last that long because I mean, any number of things go screwy, people's taste change, whatever else you have to, you know, good for them. Good for them for figuring it out and for uh, for finding the formula to keep it going. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.